obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Live on Twitch and we are live on Facebook as well. I'm just double checking everything while we're get things going welcome to everybody thank you for joining us i'll be sharing that facebook feed in in just a few minutes we're gonna bring in our panelists i see that champ is already in chat over on twitch i appreciate that as always and um oh no sound thank you all right this is why we have a, a moderator all right <laughs> i think that now we should have audio live on twitch as well thank you champ uh, for that, um, thank you everyone for joining us on Facebook and on Twitch. We'll be sharing the Facebook Live in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to bring in our, our esteemed uh, panelists, and uh, we got uh, the return of Anna Knox. Um, how has your <laughs> summer been, Anna? Oh, it's been good. It's been very good. As as you know, I just I love time off. I was at the pool. I was at the beach can't complain but this is truly my favorite time of the year so i love fall and i am so ready for hockey yes i'm very i apologize for the head cold talk but yes (laughs) yes i mean i we talked about it last week i'm just getting over covid myself uh so uh, and then, of course, I forgot to take my allergy medications for the two weeks of COVID. And so once I got off of COVID, uh, the allergies came back. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I feel you. Uh, it's that time of year where hockey is back. And uh, um, and uh, well, I appreciate it, Champ said. I was in this kitchen opening his wine and heard the music stop and then nothing. So he ran to my phone. So I appreciate it. This is why you have to have people in chat. To, I know. Uh, Hi, to Champ. Us, uh, to give us <laughs> feedback. Yeah, Champ's going to be joining us for the, uh, both the football segment a little bit later uh, with Dujane, as well as we're going to preview the NBA season as well. It's going to be a full two-plus hour show tonight. We've also got a live Monday night football game where the Raiders are already up 14-0 over Kansas City in Kansas City, but Kansas City is known to come back in these, but the Raiders have been playing good on Monday Night Football, so we'll have scoring updates from that as well. We also got a special guest for our first uh, hockey show of the season. Uh, we're bringing in the other half of the Power Play Point podcast, and that is Gil, uh, the blue liner on point himself. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Gil? 
Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, great to be back on. Always love being on uh, the uh, Sports on the Hill podcast uh, with you guys. And uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, get in and talk uh, Caps hockey. Yeah, this is very exciting. So uh, for those who don't know the Power Play Point podcast, uh, Gil and Anna uh, bring a weekly uh, great show um, to all the Caps fans out there. They really focus in on the Capitals where this is more of an all Washington, D.C. sports show. Um, they had a great episode 199 uh, that came out uh, <laughs> last night, and um, I listened to it on my car uh, trip this morning uh, while I was dropping off my puppy at doggy daycare and on my way to work, and uh, it was a fantastic show. And I want to just say an early congratulations, because if 199 was this week, then that must mean that 200 uh, is next week, and so that's very exciting. Uh, it's a big number in the podcasting world. A lot of people don't realize it, but very few podcasts that are a weekly in base um, make it to 200, right? It's a, uh, it's a show uh, that is fantastic. It's got some great longevity. They've covered uh, the Capitals for many seasons uh, right alongside Sports on the Hill podcast. And I'm so happy that they're a podcast partner. Uh, if you go to sportsothp.com, click the podcast partners button, you can get the latest episode of Power Play Point podcast as well. So I hope that people do go back and check that out. Uh, after this. Um, while I share uh, this live show to a couple of different groups and things like that, uh, Gil, let the listeners uh, know, A, how your summer went, and B, a little bit about some of the stuff that you guys covered in this week's podcast. And then uh, after you're done with that, I will we'll get back into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, well, uh, uh, summer's pretty good. Um, I have a, uh, besides hockey, I have a second love. Uh, and uh, not, not unlike uh, if uh, uh, Hockey fans out there are familiar with a guy by the name of uh, Ed Olchick. Uh, probably make uh, some some uh, stomachs churn out there as he used to be the coach of the dreaded Pittsburgh Penguins. But not unlike him, I have a second love, and that's that's horse racing. And over the summer, I got into that a lot, uh, quite a bit more. Um, uh, back home here in Maryland, we're having the Maryland Million, which is a a celebration of, of Maryland bred horse racing in a couple weeks. Uh, so, um, I'm going to have eyes on that, but yeah, it was, that's what I was focused on. Um, when, when not, uh, looking at the caps, so that's, that's what I devoted to, uh, for most of the summer. Um, and, um, what, I'm sorry, what, what, what was uh, part oh, B? Uh, part B is uh, <laughs> let people know, uh, what you guys talked about on your show, uh, last night. Oh yeah, of course. Um, well, so Anna and I kind of, uh, used, uh, yesterday's, uh, first episode of the season as a, uh, a dress rehearsal, as it were, uh, more like a mess rehearsal, maybe. I don't know, but because, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. Uh, we Definitely. both, the both of us maybe haven't caught as many of the preseason games as we'd like, although it definitely caught the last two um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, ma- mainly what we talked about was, uh, you know, just talked about some some of our expectations of the team and uh, what the team looked like and how the new additions are fitting in so far. And, uh, you know, things like that and the, the challenges they're going to face with uh, all of the injuries and, and you know, acclimating the new faces and uh, the familiar faces being out of the lineup and the void that's going to cause and you know, but a little bit, a little bit of trepidation, but a lot of bit of uh, optimism and, uh, you know, just, just us being us, you know, talking, talking caps hockey. And, uh, you know, we, we like to like to look at things from uh, a fan's perspective, you know, not, not so much uh, on the stats, although, you know, that that's what I like to use, but uh, you know, just 
watching the games is what we encourage. Watch the games and watch the mannerisms of the players and then the body language and, uh, you know, just laying out what, what the fan, the Caps fan can expect this season. Yeah, no, I think that that's really good. I think to, on tonight's show, uh, I've got a lot on, on the docket, uh, so to speak, and we're trying to do it all in about 45 minutes. We'll see if we get it all in. Uh, we may even have a special guest uh, call in. We'll see if that happens as well. Uh, for people uh, who are just tuning in, we're going to talk hockey for 45. We're going to talk a little bit of football for 30, uh, break down the unfortunate commander's loss yesterday, and then we're going to have our NBA preview show uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of preseason uh, to start this. We're going to talk about the, the roster and how it's uh, shaped out and some of the uh, transaction moves that happened today. Uh, and then we're going to take a quick look uh, at the next two weeks. Next week, I'm actually taking the week off. I'm taking my son uh, to a Gorillas concert. He's very excited about that. So we won't uh, be on. Uh, there's also going to be a live Caps game on. So Capitals fans, can, instead mm-hmm. of listening to us talk about hockey, they can watch that hockey game. Um, but we're, I'm going to basically talk about the whole schedule for the next two weeks and I'll let each one of you guys uh, take a game or two that you want to talk about a little bit since we won't have time to break down every single game over the two week period. Cause, um, uh, just a short, a little bit on time on that side. So, um, we are once again in the metropolitan division. Uh, we had, uh, we talked last week about a bunch of the preseason games. The two that we did not talk about was the Detroit one and the Columbus one. I'm just going to go through the scoring real fast in that uh Bertuzzi scored against us to start in the first period uh Connor McMichael had a nice goal with an assist by Alexander Ovechkin and Lars Eller to tie the game at one uh Rasmussen um scored for Detroit at 742 in the second Nick Jensen got a really pretty goal uh from the point 1345 with an assist to Connor McMichael and a Connor Sherry um assist as well to tie it again 2-2 uh, Connor Brown got a beautiful power play goal. Uh, I thought he played very well in this game. An assist by Dylan Strom, his first, and an Akuzi assist, his first of the preseason. And then at 1906, we got an OV empty netter, assist by John Carlson and Martin Favari. Uh, we'll make it uh, four to two in that one. Um, I thought just an overall really good game. Uh, I was happy to see us play well at home. I thought Connor Brown showed that he could be a very good addition to this team. And Connor McMichael was also very good. Uh, it's just, I thought it was a good team game, especially to fall behind twice early on in the first and in the second. Uh, and then they sort of clamped it down in the third. Um, and uh, in goal for the Capitals uh, was um, Darcy uh, Kempner, who was a little bit shaky early, but I thought he really settled down, uh, ended up with a uh, 9.39 save percentage with uh, 31 saves on 33 shot attempts. Uh, so I thought that he played well. Uh, Gil, what's your assessment on that uh, Detroit game? Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, how, how well the, uh, the, well, the three, the three Connors, um, Brown, uh, Sherry and McMichael all performed in this game. Uh, I still, I'm still of the opinion. Ann and I talked about this last episode a little bit. Uh, still of the opinion that uh, McMichael has a ways to go in his development, but um, uh, showed definitely what he can do in this game, especially when he's put in the right position. Uh, that that being the three center slot. Um, and uh, yeah, I was I was very pleased with uh, with how the game went. Uh, Detroit is 
Uh, I think Detroit is going to surprise a lot of people. They've been languishing in the in the bottom of the of the barrel, bottom of the, the standings lately. I think Detroit's going to surprise a lot of people. So I was well, very pleased to see how well they did, even though it, it is just preseason. Um, this game and and the next game that's going to be discussed, though, a uh, little bit. Uh, if if I had a criticism, uh, I'd like to see you know them work on the cutting down the shots still a little bit of a homeowner's nightmare and a plumber's dream a little bit on the leaky side um, as far as letting up on the shots but overall I would say I'd have to say uh, pretty pleased uh, key stat in this game if you look at the game stats through the app is the fact that the faceoff percentage is 53-3 in the favor of uh, the good guys so that's that's definitely something you want to keep your eye on uh, as the season goes along so hopefully that's previews of coming attractions there. Right. Anna, do you have any thoughts on uh, this game? Uh, Gil and I talked uh, last night. I'm not, um, he had a, quite an opinion and, and I'm not going to take anything away from it on, on Connor Brown. Um, I like him. <laughs> I'm going to say that I, I think, I think there's skill and I think that there is, uh, the potential is there to be a capital. Absolutely. Connor McMichael is the one that I'm like, meh on, to be honest, I need to see more. And I felt like I said that a lot last year, but it's like, we know what he can do, just not quite seeing it. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it's preseason, but let's just hope for the best. Uh, I really, really just want to see more from him because I'm not, I don't know, not a huge fan right now. Yeah, I can understand. Let's uh, move along to uh, kind of the dress rehearsal game, if you will. Um, the the last game before the regular season. It's another home game. Uh, this one's against the Blue Jackets. Uh, it starts off uh, with Anthony Mantha scoring at 9.56 and in the first. Um, unfortunately, Columbus gets the next two goals, uh, including a power play goal. Uh, then Ovechkin answers with a power play goal of his own at 19.47. A just a traditional Ovechkin blast from the point. Uh, this one uh, was a, a nice pass by Evgeny Kuznetsov <laughs> to John Carlson. And John Carlson just barely slowed it down, which I actually thought was a good move. And it just got it so it slid off the ice ever so slowly <laughs> right to Ovechkin to put all of his power into it, which I think actually sometimes works to your advantage that he could kind of time the shot a little bit better, pick his corner, and uh, shows why he's still a top 10 player in this league, uh, you know, even though is it his 18th season, Gil, that he's entering? It's, uh, it's... Yep, 18th, um, <clears throat> and uh, he just turned 37. <laughs> um, so uh, as they Better say, die. yeah, I can't outskate <laughs> father time, but uh, I think uh, Ovi's uh, staying at least a couple strides ahead for right now, and uh, fingers crossed he'll, it'll stay that way. Yeah, and so incredible. And I, again, it shows resilience to the Capitals falling behind in these games, but not you know letting them get not letting it get the best of them. And to tie it two two gives them some momentum going into the second period. Unfortunately, um, Columbus scores again pretty early into the second period. Uh, Nick Dowd comes back and scores a really nice goal, assist by Garnet Hathaway and Nick Jensen uh, ties it at three. Uh, I'll be honest. I was actually at a, a haunted house uh, during this. So I was in <laughs> I was in line watching this while I was while I was being snicked around waiting to, to enter. Um, and uh, so I was also swapping between this and a very exciting 
Aggies football game, which was coming down to the wire against the number one football team uh, in college football. Uh, that is Alabama. Uh, so I unfortunately missed it live, but then I flipped back to the app and rewound a little bit and saw that Dylan Strom um, did get that goal assist yeah. by Connor Brown and John Carlson uh, in overtime. And it was funny because they were planning to do a shootout, but both coaches were like, that seemed like a really fitting way to end the preseason. Let's not waste any injuries or any you know random fluky thing and let's just get out of here which i think is the right decision they had practiced i think both teams had practiced the shootout a bunch of times leading up to that so it's not like that was their one shot at it uh so i thought that was a a funny but interesting way to end it um and uh mostly because locker was just very confused by the whole thing (laughs) um and uh so uh, but very 39 seconds into overtime a beautiful goal and a beautiful assist you just tape to tape pass exactly what you want to see in three and three hockey um and for that four three victory uh gil what are some of your thoughts on uh, this last uh preseason game couldn't have said it better myself except I, I got two words and those who are devotees of uh our facebook page at the uh, power play point podcast will know exactly what i mean that pass uh only two words to describe it brown sauce and if you saw it you'll know what i mean I, I gotta, I gotta admit I'm, I'm the more I'm seeing of Connor Brown, I'm, I'm still a skeptic and I didn't like that deal when I saw it, still a bit of a skeptic now, but more I'm seeing right now, uh, the more I'm liking about him. Uh, but yeah, that was a truly uh, tasty, tasty pass to Dylan Strom. And uh, I like the way those two have acclimated to the lineup so far. And uh, hopefully it just gets better as we go along. Yeah, I want to also say a hello to people tuning in on our Facebook Live. Uh, Josh Kirby said, Caps Hockey with the best in the business, uh, the PowerPoint podcast. So I appreciate um, Josh for uh, tuning in. I see a couple other people mm-hmm. tuning in as well. Feel free to ask questions in chat. I'm, I'm monitoring both Twitch chat and Facebook chat. If I'm a little slow to reading <laughs> any questions, I apologize, but I only have two sets of eyes um, <laughs> or, or one set, two eyes. Um, <laughs> and um and uh, so, but I appreciate everybody and uh, for tuning in uh, on all the different um, platforms, whether you're listening after the fact or, or whatnot. Um, and uh, a very close to a, a touchdown here in this um, a Monday night football game, but I think his butt hit down before the, the, it crossed the goal line. Uh, they're right now, I believe, reviewing it. It's very close. Uh, 4.52 left in the second uh, quarter, a.k.a. first half, uh, 17, potentially to seven. Uh, they might be taking it off, and it looks like they did. Uh, so they'll have an opportunity here on third and goal. Uh, so lots of exciting sports happening uh, here. Let's talk about the roster. Uh, or Anna, do you have any thoughts on uh, this game before we, we switch over to the roster? No, I, I agree with y'all. Like, you know, like I said, like we, we spoke about Connor Brown last night and I think Dylan Strom is going to be a name that we're going to be talking a lot about in the upcoming games. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm am too. I mean, <coughs> injuries, especially going into this year were big question marks. I mean, obviously Tom Wilson is a favorite of this uh, group of uh, commentators here. Um, <laughs> and uh, especially with Anna and, uh, you know, Nicholas Backstrom has been a favorite of mine for a very, very long time. You know, one of my top three favorite <laughs> Cardinals 
of all time. Uh, Travis Kelsey just got a one yard touchdown reception to make it 17 to six with an extra point coming. Uh, but yeah, so Nicholas Backstrom, you know, being out for a long time, they need to go and get somebody. And I'm hoping that this is something like a Tampa Bay situation where we can, um, you know, maybe Nick doesn't play in the regular season and maybe we can sneak him in in the postseason. I saw some early reports and some people don't think we're even going to make the playoffs this year, which, you know, I, I want to caution Caps fans. First of all, any of those, you know, um, uh, simulated seasons rarely actually turn out that way. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with that. But also people were throwing Darcy under the bus for some leaky goals and they're saying he's only good because he had a good defense in front of him Jeez. you know like oh let's, let's give him some regular season we haven't game. even started people <laughs> like yeah. i mean i i'm in the shut the you know what yeah um when it comes to that preseason give you know shut up already it's like yeah, he, he's not used to our defense yet he you know God. gotta give him some time and in all these games which i thought was really funny that they almost make it sound like he lost these games five nothing we ended up winning these games so he was right. able to settle down and make the timely saves when he needed to but gil what are some of your thoughts on that <laughs> I, you, I, okay. So I, I get that. Yeah. You're always going to have the fan that's never, ever satisfied. Uh, I I've said it before in, in on this show, uh, as a matter of fact, you're going to have there, there's an element of the spoiled caps fan. There always will be always has been since, you know, number eight, the captain became the captain and, and started carrying this team on his back. Uh, everybody expects, well, not everybody, but a lot of people expect to win every single game six, one, uh, with a bunch of goals by our side and very little on the other side. And it just don't happen that way. Uh, finally, finally, finally management settles this, goaltending controversy that we've been suffering through for two years ad nauseum. They finally get a Stanley cup winning goalie yeah. to serve as that ultimate back line of defense. And you still got people who are still up in arms when uh, he allegedly gives up a soft goal. Well, guess what? It's going to happen. That's what happens in hockey. Get over it is what I say. I think Darcy Kemper looked very, very good on a good sampling of high danger chances that I saw in the last few games that he was in. So I have no problem whatsoever with Darcy Kemper in goal right now. Uh, I think he's uh, definitely a 100, 1000% upgrade over the last two years that we've had. Uh, there's not going to be any, any more of this. Uh, well, who's going to start, who's going to take up the mantle, uh, who's going to play what game, uh, there's no more of that, none. And that rubs off on your skaters. We mentioned this, Ann and I, last night on, on our episode. That rubs off on your skaters when you know who's going to start in goal. You know who's going to get the job done. You know he's going to be there. And you know he's got the experience and the know-how to back it up. So I, I think you're going to see a lot more out of the decor and the skaters overall in general now that you have that net presence solidified for this season. I agree. And there's going to be some bad games for him. It, our defense isn't perfect, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, and it's not as good as the defense that was in front of him for the team that won the cup, but 
Do I think they could all grow together? Do I think this could be a team that maybe isn't the strongest early, but they sort of grow together as a team and they build? That's what you really want. I don't necessarily want us to win our first 20 games and you know, then fall apart at the end of the season. You, know, you, you want us to win as many games as possible early on. That was very helpful last year because there's always going to be a slump in the middle of the season. But at the same time, you don't want to like – basically expend all your energy at the beginning and don't leave anything in the tank for the time where it really matters the most. And so I'm hoping, you know, he gets some of his bad games out of the way towards, you know, beginning of the middle of the season, because it's going to happen. Even if there's a number one and a number two goalie, he's going to go through some bad streaks. We're going to need to use our backup goalie. It's not like he's playing every game. Right. You know, ideally you want him playing maybe 50 games and your backup goalie playing 30 games, you know, something a little bit more even, uh, you really don't want him to be playing 60, 70 games and wearing himself out so he can't make a deep run in the playoffs. So uh, they'll have to use both goalies. Just because we've answered the question of who's our number one, it doesn't mean he's our goalie every single night. I think people have to understand that and understand that you know goalies are very mental and they're going to go through slumps too. And it's just like Absolutely. you can't just sort of – think about it as like oh my god you can't like when he has his slumps you can't be like oh no not again it's the same thing as what we had before right it, it, and i know that's an easy thing for cap fans to do because the reality is we've had one season where we've won it all and every other year has ended with disappointment with maybe the exception of 98 um which i still think was a successful year because uh, we were never supposed to make it that far but uh, you know, two successful years and over 40 years of fandom, you know, it's tough for a lot of, you know, diehard Caps fans and a lot of new Caps fans who from the Rock the Red era maybe got spoiled with winning the cup and saying, hey, this is something that's going to happen every single year. And I'm telling you, every single team is paid the big bucks to come in and win a game. Yeah. The other team is paid just as much as we are. They have the same salary cap, yep. they have the same constrictions, they have the same fans you know pouring their heart you know heart into these teams and it's only one team hoist that cup at the end of the year and so it's just easy to say oh woe is me you know here we go again it's the same story i'm hoping that this is a magical season for us where it can all click at the right time i'm going to ask you a question gil did they ever close that loophole or could we still have nicholas backstrom come in the playoffs where the cap doesn't matter as much. Cause I know there's always talk about closing that loophole uh, that Tampa Bay utilized a couple of years ago. As far as I understand it, the, 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 the rules that are, were in place that you mentioned Tampa Bay, um, they're still in place as I, as I understand it. Um, so it, it could very well be that if Nick Backstrom is not available until puck drop of game one of series one in the playoffs, uh, then salary cap is out the window. So uh, as far as I understand it, those rules are still in place. And if that's the scenario, then yeah, go for it. They'll, and, and they'll do it. They'll, right. uh, so this could be the big run for Nicholas Backstrom. It might yeah. be his last chance at those. You know? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. If, if this is going to be probably his last kick at the can um, look, I, I get that the odds are against him as far as, you know, many people have mentioned this, uh, in, in many different forms and to me directly, you know, the most successful athlete or hockey player anyway, coming back from this particular same surgery was Ed Jovanovsky of, uh, 
late of the Florida Panthers and Vancouver Canucks, who had this surgery, came back for something it was something like 37 games, and then ended up retiring that that same season. So, yeah, the odds are against him. But like like you said, Robbie, it, you know, if this is his last kick at the can, he's going to take the whole season if he needs to to rehab and get ready and be as close to 100 percent as he can be come playoff time. And you know, when when he's ready, watch mm-hmm. out. Because we all know what he can do. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, the active roster. You know, we had to unfortunately send a couple of players uh, down mm. to try to pass through waivers, and uh, some of that did not uh, work the way that we wanted it to. Um, so Lucas Johansson and Henrik uh, Borgstrom did make it uh, down to Hershey. Unfortunately, Axel Johnson Fialbi. Uh, and Brett Leeson were claimed off of waivers with uh, Brett Leeson going to Anaheim and AJF going to Winnipeg. I'm just happy they didn't go to a division rival. You know, I just, I, yeah, you're only going to see them a couple of times this year. I know that that doesn't. And the other thing is I want to, if they at any point go on waivers again, right. We've seen this happen before with the capitals, we can snatch them back up and put them on Hershey. So, you know, that's that's assuming that they stay up with that their teams for the whole season, which I would be surprised by. It could happen, and maybe they'll be really key points, you know, parts to those teams. And if so, then I'm kind of happy for them in some ways that they get that ice time that they probably aren't going to get with us because we still have a lot of injuries on our team. We still have a pretty deep squad. I am a little bit bummed. I think that both of them are really great players. There was some talk that we could have maybe put some other players down that could have been two-way players and we could have kind of hid them. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Gil. What are, what are your, some of the thoughts on some of the, the moves that happened today? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with a lot of the fans who uh, are, are really, really, really uh, cheesed off at management. Um, uh, and I'll throw some names out there of players who uh, probably uh, should not be on the opening night roster um, who, who, like you said, may have been, well, I, I don't know if they, they would have been sent down, but probably shouldn't be on with the organization at all. Uh, I'm looking at you, Marcus Johansson. Um, I don't understand why he's got a roster spot and a guy like Axel Janssen Fialbi, who has not done thing one wrong in his time with the Caps, in his time with the big club, he's paid his dues in, in Chocolate Town. Uh, I've seen the guy play live in Hershey. He, he hustles every shift. Uh, I, I definitely think a guy like that definitely deserves to get a sweater regularly. Um, maybe, maybe ride the bench at times, but he definitely deserves a roster spot. I am really, really unhappy to the point of being sick to my stomach that uh, 90 still has a roster spot and AJF does not. Brett Leeson, uh, I'm a little less high on, but um, we talked about this on, on the podcast. Uh, he's got the potential to be uh, one of those two-way guys, like you said, uh, probably a third or fourth liner uh, who, who doesn't hurt you going either way. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that, that he got picked up as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, the youth has been, you know, what they need to focus on. And now you've lost two of the younger guys that had a future with this team. I, th- I thought, and you know, what, what are you going to do now? You just have to hope that uh, the guys on the farm, you know, 
come through. They come through with more prospects. But uh, yeah, the, the forwards are starting to get older. Now you got two of the guys that are, were going to be the future gone now. And yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm, I'm a little sick to my stomach about that. Yeah, you lost them for nothing, which is yeah, difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and so that's a frustrating thing. Anna, uh, what are your thoughts, real quickly, on uh, the uh, roster? Well, we spoke like yeah, we spoke last night and at. What we knew was there was going to be four players going to Hershey, and then all of a sudden, like you know, to wake up to this news. Uh, I liked Lisa. I mean, you're six he, six five. There's the four. So somebody that we could have benefited from. I think that he proved himself, and I'm sorry to see him go. Um, never been a Mojo fan. I, I honestly, I I know there's probably a ton of people out there that are like, how can you not? Um, just don't understand. Uh, no, the hype. Um, 2018 is different now. Not so much. I just don't get the hype. I just don't. I'm not happy with it. And so Axel, I think, was one uh, that I really think was going to mesh with the team and proved himself. And I'm sorry. I really am sorry to see him go to Winnipeg. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it's uh, it's very frustrating. Um, it sucks because I'm really a big fan of Mojo, but I just don't think he's the same guy that he once was. Right? I mean, yeah, not I, even I, close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. So that's frustrating. So I'm hoping that maybe he has a resurgence and proves us all wrong. You know, I, I, but I, you know, there's a bunch of these players out there that have a maybe one or two more shots at this whole thing. And so I'm hoping <clears> that maybe the veteran leadership comes out in him and maybe um he can mentor some of these younger guys i don't know you know you just kind of have to i'm frustrated too but at the same time this is what we've got and we've got to kind of stand behind them and hope that you know maybe they prove us wrong um you know so uh i know that it's unlikely i know that he came kind of mid-season last year he didn't get to have the training camp under his belt i know that he had played with us before it was a completely different system uh, so I'm hoping that some of the off season and being able to work with some of these players um, will help him. But I agree. It, it's, it's very frustrating. Let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule. Um, I know that we've only got about 10 minutes left of this segment. Uh, <laughs> it, it goes so quickly, you know? Uh, so I'm going to read through <laughs> the next Sorry. two weeks and um, you're fine. I know. I know how you feel right now. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, we're going to have Boston as our opening night and then Thursday at Toronto. So it's a back-to-back. Uh, so it's you know, Wednesday at, uh, Wednesday versus Boston at home, Thursday at Toronto to 7.30, and then Saturday, Montreal, <clears throat> 7 o'clock. And then uh, next week, uh, we've got Vancouver. That's at 7 o'clock on Monday. We see Bruce Boudreaux again. And then Thursday, October 20th, it's at Ottawa at 7 and then Saturday, October 22nd, uh, the Los Angeles Kings come to town. Almost all these games are at 7, with the exception of that at Toronto at 7.30. Uh, then the last game is at uh, the New Jersey Devils um, on Monday the 24th. And so it's going to be a very busy show on the 24th for us. We're going to be recapping seven games, including a game that will just be ending. Uh, so... Um, uh, you know, it, it'll be an, an interesting evening for sure. I, we may have to go an hour for that hockey talk because it's going to be a lot. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited. It, it's an interesting uh, home away, a couple of home away. You know, it's back and forth. It's not like it's a long stand either at home or away. 
Uh, let's talk about these first three games, Boston at Toronto and Montreal. Gil, I'll let you pick the one game that you want to talk about of the three, and then I'll let Anna pick one of the three, and then uh, we'll talk about the the next week as well. Well, oddly enough, I'm going to skip the home opener because I'm uh, sick of talking about Baston because we're we always play them as a and and I joked about last night. Um, I'm going to skip over that and uh, talk about the uh, the second game, the first road game against Toronto. Uh, first of all, very interesting that the uh, um, uh, the uh, uh, the schedule makers have uh, once again uh, partaken in some uh, unique tobacco, probably, I think. Uh, and right from the get-go have scheduled the Washington Capitals for a back-to-back. Thank you so much. Uh, but uh, and, a, and a home road back-to-back, nonetheless. I, I, th- I think two seasons in a row now, if I remember correctly. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You, you wonder. You, you have yeah. to wonder. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so what's, what's interesting about this game, of course, well, it's Toronto and their, their perennial uh, playoff team and I'll be nice and leave it at that. Um, but also, uh, they've already made the decision that uh, the starting goalie for that game will be former cap Ilya Samsonov. Um, so right from the bat, right from the get-go, they'll, uh, they'll be facing him to, uh, as, as one of the uh, early games, and they're already talking about, okay, how can we take, it, take adv- advantage of that? Um, but uh, Toronto, as I said, they're perennially a good team, so I think it's a good litmus test to start start the year. Um, I, I think it's a very good test, especially for the defense, because they've got that high octane offense that uh, you know you can't you can't stop. Of course, the Richard Trophy winner Austin Matthews, um, Mitch Marner, of course, who is always dangerous, um, and a, a host of others. John Tavares, of course, uh, a lot of others that uh, they can they can score at will and they've proven it time and time again. So I think it'd be a nice early test of the, of the defense. But um, I think one way they can take uh, they can take advantage of uh, Samsonov is, uh, well, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Just make him move side to side a whole lot and uh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, make him lose his stick a few times, as we've seen. Uh, um, I, I kid, of course. Uh, sorry, that was a bad joke, but <laughs> I, but I, I think they, they know him uh, probably a little bit better than most. And, and it's just going to be a very interesting game for a lot of a lot of different reasons. As I said, the, the defense will get a good test. And uh, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting going against Samsonov so soon. I'm sure he'll be hungry to prove himself. Uh, but uh, I think that's going to be a very, very entertaining game to watch. I love that he already is saying that Austin Matthews shot is harder to stop than Ovechkin. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that Ovechkin printed that nice and large and, yeah. um, you know, is uh, going to try to prove him wrong and see how he really feels about getting the full on Ovechkin slap shots on his way. Uh, it is interesting. They're also playing back to back. Thankfully they're coming, uh, they're playing in Montreal uh, the first game on Wednesday. So they'll be coming uh, home, but still it's not like uh that it was their first game or you know so they both teams are playing back-to-back nights so at least i'm happy about that uh, to some extent uh anna what are your thoughts on those first three games which game do you want to talk about well i was gonna i actually was gonna choose the same game but i am actually gonna fast forward to the 20th and talk about ottawa um i think it'll be interesting i'm i don't know i think like just looking at the lineup and and i am 
uh, not a fan of the Chuck family. And so we have uh, one on there, but we also also have Claude Giroux. Mm. You know, if like, uh, I don't know. Like you, you just kind of have to respect the guy for, for playing as long as he has and, and for his game. And God, you know, you just want to be like, you want to see somebody go out, um, you know, on a high on, on a so close to retirement, which it was not for, um, Ottawa, but you know, but anyway, so he's there and I'm surprised that he picked, he, he could have gone anywhere. It's just interesting. Yeah. That's that's where he ended up. Which is like, but it's like, how do you, how do you go from? Yeah. So I think that that's interesting. I want to know why and, and what he thought um, he's going to do in Ottawa that he couldn't, well, whatever. Um, So that's it. I think that's the game I'm looking forward to. Um, of obviously beating Ottawa, but I think those are the, that's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun game to watch for me. And I think uh, seeing Sammy between the pipes, um, you know, who knows, he could either completely kick ass or, and everyone's going to be like, oh, we should have never let him go. Or, he, you know, the other way, and everyone's going to be like, see, that's why we let him go. So, you know, that's, I, I don't know. You can't please everybody. Right. You know, it's just, who knows? So, Gil, I want to talk to you a little bit about the <laughs> Vancouver game uh, playing against Gabby. What are your thoughts on playing that team? Well, yeah, Vancouver's kind of a, a, a weird team for me. Um, <clears throat> they they got that they got that big bounce when they when they first uh, hired Boudreau, um, and and it looked like they were going to make a nice you know surge to the playoffs, and then they kind of faded, um, and and. Bruce, of course, uh, is famous for what he can do with his teams in the regular season. Uh, of course, when the Caps first hired him, of course, you know, they were you know languishing in the in the bottom of, of the division, and the, they had that you know big big turnaround where they made the playoffs on the last day of the season. Um, so it'll be interesting playing against him, um, Vancouver. I just, I don't know. I can't figure that team out. Uh, every time it, it looks like they're, they're going to turn around, you know, they, they kind of just fade. They've, they've gone through a management change. Uh, they've gone through a complete roster change. It really nothing's been the same since the Sedin twins retired a few seasons ago. So they're trying to still figure themselves out. Um, I, that that game could go a hundred different ways, literally for me. Uh, yeah. But that that should also be a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, Laviolette matching wits with uh, Boudreau. <clears throat> I I think uh, if the Caps stay you know within themselves defensively, they've they've got a good shot at uh, winning the game. Um, I, one thing Vancouver's got uh, going for them, they've got one of the more underrated goalies in uh, Jacob Markstrom. Um, so uh, it's going to be a it's going to be tough. Uh, getting the puck past him, I think. Um, and the, um, I, I, I don't know, Vancouver, like I said, Vancouver's just a game, just a team that I'm having a very hard time figuring out, but it'll be, it, it should be entertaining to watch. I don't think it'll be a cakewalk. Um, the last time we played them, I think, I think it was ended up being like a, an eight, six shootout or something like that. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what to make of that game just yet, but be another good early season test, I think. 
So the Chiefs just hit a 59-yard field goal as time <laughs> expired uh, going into the halftime. Uh, so they did cut it to 20 to 10. I would not be surprised if Kansas uh, City with that momentum going in the second half, um, if that ends up being a, a big three points right there. Uh, so we'll, we'll be monitoring that in the second half. Um, I think it's already 945, so I think we're going to start to wrap it up here. Um, again, click on the Power Play Point podcast as part of our podcast partners button. If you go to sportsothp.com, click pro- podcast partners. Click sports. Uh, click the Power Play Point podcast. Uh, you'll get the 199th episode. And Gil, I want to congratulate you and Anna on uh, 200 next week. That's a very exciting milestone for you. Um, uh, let Thank you, people, sir. Let people know where they can uh, get in touch with you. I'm also giving you some shout outs in Twitch chat uh, for some links over to your Facebook page as well. Well, before that, I just I just want to correct myself. I, I, in the back of my head, it was like uh, maybe Markstrom's no longer with the Canucks. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure he got he ended up in Calgary last I saw. Actually, so I want to correct myself. There's it's actually Thatcher Demko is is who I meant mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, um, he's 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 pretty good, pretty underrated, and pretty good. So if they start him, it's not going to be easy. That's who I meant to talk about. So I just want to start off by correcting myself that, that way. Um, as far as the Power Play Point podcast, we're available on just about every platform there is. Our main distributor is um, a company called Podbean. Um, not everybody uses them uh, or heard of them, but I'm going to give them a free plug here, of course. Um, if, if They make it very easy. If you want to start your own podcast, um, in fact, I think Josh Kirby uh, started out with them, if I remember right. So um, that, there's a good example. Uh, but we're available on just about every platform, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Um, I think we're, I'm pretty sure we're on uh, some streaming platforms as well. Uh, and if, if not, we're, uh, we're going to be working on Amazon's one of them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, SoundCloud's another little-used platform where you can catch us. But we're working on expanding. And, uh, yeah, and anybody who's watching uh, sports, watching, listening to Sports on the Hill tonight, do please tell a friend, a Caps fan you love about us. Because I think, uh, you know, we offer a lot as far as a, a Caps fan podcast. Maybe we're not, you know, up there with the big names as far as, you know, number of downloads and having guest stars and things like that. But that's just it. The fan in our eyes is the star, the Caps fan. And that's who we focus on, you, the Caps fan, because we value your opinion. You're the one paying the money, paying the money for the merch, the tickets, whatnot, and what have you. So we think you are the star. So we do you justice uh, so any anybody out there listening, you know, spread the word. We're we're looking to expand, and uh, you can catch us. We usually record every Sunday night. If you want to come on the show as as you know a bit of therapy, and if you're a Caps fan for a day or a decade, you know, there's going to come a time in that season you're going to need that couch trip and talk Caps hockey because it it like Robbie said it gets frustrating. So you can come on the show with us, and you know we usually record Sunday nights. And uh, yeah, we're, we're always glad to have new fans on. And uh, yeah, I'm, I know I'm running off at the mouth here, but uh, I'm always excited to talk cap talk and listen to other Caps fans uh, say their piece about this this team. Because if it's one thing we have in common, we all love this team, our Washington Capitals. Yeah, and I'll, I'll echo that 
Gil and Anna are great. I'm going to try to have Gil on more this year. I know um, I'm, I'm sure uh, CP3 is sad that he can't be a part of this. I know he'd want to be, uh, but uh, and he is missed. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of different guests uh, join us uh, throughout uh, the uh, the season, and it should be fun. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in on uh, both uh, Twitch and on Facebook. Uh, we got our friend Germs for Fun is joining in. Uh, we have Andy and we have uh, CT and a lot of other people tuning in and people tuning in on Facebook as well. But uh, if you do have Facebook, um, you can look for the Power Play Point podcast. Uh, it's a great Facebook group uh, where people talk caps. Uh, the link is in our Twitch chat right now as well. Uh, but Gil, thank you so much for joining us and um, and being a part of this home open or the opening uh, podcast. Okay. And we'll definitely have you on um, as the season continues. Always a pleasure, Robbie. And uh, yeah, again, uh, uh, the mermaid and I will be uh, on a regular rotation. Like I said, we record every Sunday evening. I try to have the the latest episode on later that night uh, or uh, sometime Monday. And uh, yeah, uh, we're we're always happy, Anna and I, to have anyone who Hi. wants to come on and 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 talk Caps hockey with the both of us. We're happy to listen. So uh, it's Power Play Point podcast, and. Um, yeah, so uh, go Join Caps, us. and we're hoping hoping for a great season this year. So, uh, Robbie, thanks again. Always a pleasure being on the Sports on the Hill podcast with you guys, and uh, you do you do a tremendous job. And uh, Anna, I uh, absolutely love you to death for, for <laughs> repping us every Monday night for Caps Talk. Ditto. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. I'll talk to you Sunday, gal. All righty. Take care. You too. All right. Thank you, Gil. As always, we're going to – Talk to Anna for a second. We're, we have a special guest who wanted to come in and say hi to you before uh, uh. before you left. And so, um, but uh, we really appreciate <laughs> you, Anna, as always. You're you know, a valued member of this team, and it's been cool. Uh, I think this might be. I want to say it's it's either the fourth or fifth season you've been with us. Uh, so I think that's so. really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun <laughs> ride. But uh, Champ, I, I know that Champ wanted to say hi to you as well. Hi, Champ. And I heard you say hi to me earlier, but I was away from my phone. I wanted to say hi. Got having. It's hard to get to talk to you because usually you're already off by the time the <laughs> Wizard segment comes on. So I wanted to say hi. Missed you. Glad you're back. And awesome. glad glad to hear your 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 take on the Cavs. I can't wait for the Cavs season. Cavs season sounds gonna be awesome. Awesome. And I'm, it was so good to see you and I love the shirt and I'm so ready for another season. I apologize, God, for everybody out there. It's like this head cold has just been, I'm, I'm, it's like, no, it's like, it just will not go away. And it makes me sound like I'm on, you know, a whole other planet, but I you, promise. You sound, you sound great. And, okay. uh, <laughs> people will understand it's that time of the year where the allergies are flying. The colds are going everywhere. It we, is. Both, we both work for schools. So, um, you know, uh, the effect. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it. well, Anna, I really appreciate <laughs> you joining us. I've also posted all of your links, uh, twitter.com uh, slash AK Knox 49 or Instagram.com slash Aqua Knox 49. Yep. Uh, you can also catch her in that Facebook group that we talked about earlier, but Anna, I'm so Looking forward to talking more hockey in two weeks with you. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll have a lot to break down, including a live game and six other games. So it'll be a busy one, but I, I look forward. But uh, I'll be ready. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I'll be ready and I'll be healthy and I'll, I'm so excited and let's hope. Um, yeah. Let's kick it off this season with, um, with positive, uh, 
positive vibes. That's it. So champ, have a great show. Dushne, I think you're, you're there too. Robbie, thanks again for everything. And I will talk to you guys at two weeks. I am. Thank you, Anna. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, Take you. care guys. Take care, Anna. All right. So we've got some exciting uh, football to talk about. I did see that. Southampton... You're being very nice by saying exciting there. It wasn't <laughs> Okay. It was an exciting <laughs> game. As much as I'm frustrated with the outcome, we had an opportunity to win the game at the end of the game. And that's better than we were doing in the previous two weeks. Right. <laughs> we'll all at least admit to that. <laughs> Um, and uh, I want to give Stalkhound a quick shout out. He says he hopes Juan Soto wins it all again uh, this year for the Padres. Uh, so we'll see how that happens at the very end of this. Uh, after we talk about the NFL segment, we will quickly go through uh, how the baseball playoffs are shaping up a really interesting wild card round uh, in uh, in that as well. But before we get into that, we're going to bring in uh, Champ and Dujane. We're going to talk a little bit of football. We're going to quickly go through this game. And then we've got two weeks we got a preview. One game that's on a very short rest on Thursday with the Bears. And then we have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's, it's kind of a tough stretch against uh, some uh, NFC North teams here. Uh, but uh, Dujane, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Hanging in there. Trying to tough it out with all this uh, commander stuff. So, yeah, doing pretty good. And uh, Champ, I know that we've sort of said hello to you before, but how are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Watching Raw right now, seeing a big, huge surprise return happen tonight, which is awesome and has a lot of questions. But I'm ready to talk about this football game because I got a lot to say. Yeah, let's just get into it. I thought this game was actually in a lot of ways a lot better than the last couple of weeks. I thought that the... Uh, we got to see some deep balls get thrown, a lot of good things. There was still a little bit of a lack of balance. There were some questionable penalties called and not called uh, at certain key moments early in the game. Uh, but we talked about that last week, that we aren't a team that maybe is deserving of some of those calls. Uh, but we had an opportunity to win it at the end, and I think that's, that's where we should start it. Dujanay, we didn't have very many, we had no timeouts left. We, we kind of wasted some of that uh, and some questionable uh, calls because uh, we ended up going for it on fourth down regardless. So it kind of could have kept that timeout in our back pocket. Uh, in your mind, do you think we should have run it with one of those downs or do you think it's the right call with no timeouts with the chance of getting stopped short uh, to pass on all of them? We'll start there. Um. I probably would have ran it. Um, look, the coaching, the coaching was horrible. Um, and I don't like the play selection, uh, throwing it down the middle of the field, in the red zone. Um, you got to help your quarterback. Carson is who he is, um, and we all know that. So you got to help him out a little bit. I don't feel like they did that at all. Um, e even if you don't run it with Brian Robinson – or whatever, I even put it in Carson's hands and, and let him run it. Do something creative. Um, I, I thought that would be uh, pretty effective, but but what they ended up doing uh, wasn't really the smart thing to do. And then to, to, to again, what this team loves to do, um, and I'm not saying the team, the coaching staff loves to do is, um, you know, the, if you look up the definition of insanity, uh, the big fat W is right beside that their pictures right there because they love doing the same things over and over again that didn't work and keep doing them and they still don't work. 
Um, you know, I, I, I can't blame the players. Um, I'm really tired of hearing fans talk about Carson Wentz. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of other things that go wrong and that are wrong. And it starts with the coaching staff. And this coaching staff has not yet given their quarterback um, the ability to be his best. And they haven't put their players in position to be their best. And once again, in a pressure, pressure pack situation, Riverboat Ron acts, you know, you, I don't give a crap about what he said, the presser about what went down. It's BS to me. I don't even care anymore. It's BS to me. I'm tired of him blowing smoke up mine and everybody else's behind about the crap that he's talking about because it's, it's piss poor management. And I'm glad they, they were hard with the questions in there about it. But at the end of the day, business coaching. I don't even want to talk about the players. Yeah, I agree. Um, Champ, what are your thoughts about the end of the game uh, choices and, uh, and some of your overall feelings? I understand the play calling. You have no timeouts. You don't have a lot of time. You can't risk having a run play get stuffed, and then you have to hurry to the line, spike, and then come up with another play, X, Y, Z. I get all of that. I get it. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't agree with sitting there and throwing four separate times because you see them, they're going, they're dropping eight back and only brushing three. You got to take advantage of that. At least take a shot at a run play when you see them with eight back and three rushing. That's a perfect time for a draw play. You run the draw play. You get maybe you get lucky and he find and either Robinson or Gibson finds a scene. They're in this end zone. We're talking about a W. But instead, you sit there, you threw four, three, four times. They knew it was coming. And the third, the fourth time was the was the nail in the coffin because McLaurin, they were trying to quick, uh, quick slant. McLaurin got knocked off his route and it threw Carson Wentz through a loop. He tried to throw to whoever he could. Next thing you know, the same person who knocked McLaurin off his route ends up making the pick to, to steal the game. Right there is what Dujanet just said. It's coaching. You see that there's not, there's no more than three, four in the box. You need to go with a draw play and catch them like sleeping. Otherwise, regardless if you have timeouts or not, you catch them sleeping with a draw. The worst that could happen is they come up short. You still come up, spike the ball, and then you figure it out. But to throw it from shotgun four straight times in the, in the red zone near the goal line, that's just not smart strategy. And Tennessee, who... Tennessee didn't even light up the world offensively, honestly. They only had uh, 241 yards total, but they held on to the ball for three, 32 minutes and 40 seconds. So that's what gave them the edge, was that they held on to the ball a little bit longer than, the, than Washington did, and they didn't have a lot of yards. But they managed to find a way to, to win this game, all because coaching-wise, they couldn't get it together. I, I will say, though, the one bright spot was De'Ami Brown. That man's only two catches of the day were, were long touchdown pass catches. He had 105 yards and two touchdowns. I like what he's got in his second year. I think I want to see more of him and, and things like that. I'm, I can imagine a, an offense with McLaurin, Dotson, Brown, and, Sam, and, and Samuels out there. I think they would be dangerous if the coaching staff can get it right. But that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I actually there was a window for Carson Wentz to actually run it right up the gut at one point because everything had cleared out. 
he did, had no, an empty set, right? We didn't even have a running back in that situation. You know, there was a lane right there. And I think if he just submerged himself, he's a tall guy. And I think if he could have just plowed in there, maybe there was an opportunity um, there. I don't know. Uh, but it's just, it's frustrating that we just, I don't see very creative play calling. You, know, you had a brand new running back in this game who never played rookie and they just were doing such vanilla run plays for him. And I just felt at some point there's no tape on this guy. So run something that's a little exotic. You know, I know that he didn't have a lot of practice, but maybe that's what they should have been practicing was things that aren't the conventional stuff with him because there's no tape on the guy. Right. He can already do that well. He's a natural running back. I got to say how remarkable it is that Brian Robinson was in this game almost two months after getting shot twice in his lower in his lower region in an attempted robbery in D.C. And I want to say the people that did that, y'all are scum and y'all need to get yourselves together, honestly. But that's remarkable that he actually ran onto the field and played in this game and had 22 yards rushing on nine carries in his first action in the regular and- season. And they had him in at the end of the game. A lot of people thought that he was going to have limited, you know, snaps, but they obviously liked what they saw uh, enough that they put him in the clutch time, which maybe is a questionable call into itself. Like I liked what I was seeing, but I don't know if I liked it. So it wasn't like he was getting five yards uh, carry at that point. And I just, I, you could potentially do more damage than good at, at that point in the game. Um, so it's interesting. This Kansas city, the game is a great game. I'm watching Kansas City just march down, uh, and uh, that 59-yard field goal to end the first half might end up being a pivotal play in this uh, very exciting game between a three and one Kansas City and a one and three Raiders team. Uh, right now, it's still 20 to 10, 11:38 uh, left in the third quarter here, uh, second and six. Uh, but they're uh, starting from uh, their 30th. Oh. Almost. Oh, that should be a pass interference call. So we'll be interested to see what they call. It might be a pass interference down within uh, the five yard line there. Uh, so it's some exciting stuff happening. I thought that there was some progress uh, in this game, but I agree. The coaches are just saying more of the same, saying, "Hey, you just got to be, you know, take your time with it. It's a process and all this BS." But then you've got a Giants team that everyone thought was going to be the worst team in the division. And yeah, they're right there at the top, and I'm with no one, with no one, with no one. (laughs) Name me, name me one of their wide receivers. Most of you can't, unless you're a Giants fan, and it's Daniel freaking Jones. Hey, tell tell that to my friend who's a Packers fan who was like salty for an hour after her team lost to them in the UK on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah. they're not that good either, but they're gonna beat this team though. Right, probably. Yeah, so like. (laughs) It's it's such an interesting thing because I didn't well, – I'll ask you this, Dijanay. Do you think the NFC East is as good as the records have shown so far, or do you think there's some fluky stuff and it's going to come back down and they're going to be back to 500 teams before this is all said and done? Let's see the second half of the season. Um, and, you know, Dallas is going to do what they always do. you got to give them credit as far as their defense goes. Uh, they have a solid defense uh, this year. Really like what they're doing uh, with Michael Parsons and, and that whole thing. Uh, I don't believe I, I don't believe Cooper Rush is as good as you know as good as he's been playing. Um, I thought they had. There's been some opportunities, but again, he's a guy who manages the ball very well. 
doesn't make the big mistakes, and they seem to be running the ball more. Um, we'll see if that continues when Dak comes back. Uh, the Giants, I don't – look, Saquon is putting the team on his back and then got them some wins. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how – we'll just see in the second half. I don't see if that's going to hold up. Like I said, the, the Philly's been my pick from the jump, and I feel like – they'll be the, the ones that could be the most mainstay out of the three. Um, and I, I you know, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Cowboys will always stay around. That's what they're good at. They're not good at finishing anything. So um, as of right now, though, I think their division is pretty decent. But like I said, I wouldn't get too hype on, on what we're seeing right now. It, it's just early. Champ, same question. What are your thoughts on the division early on? Um, I think a lot of people felt that Philly was going to be the most dangerous. Even team, even fans of teams in the NFC East had fears about Philly after a lot of the offseason moves that they made. And sure enough, they're showing it. They're un, they have not lost yet, right? But no one saw the Giants being four and one at this point in the season. And then there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, well, they didn't really play anybody. Uh, they played the Green Bay Packers in the UK, and they beat the Green Bay Packers. So now what do you got to say about the legitimacy of their record? That they beat the great Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and guess what? New York was the road team. Like, I watched that game. They had the da 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 go Pack, go. I was like, okay, all right then. New York was the road team and they beat the great Aaron Rodgers. So, and then Dallas is Dallas. I mean, they're going to, they're going to do what they do. And clearly like defensively, like Dujanae said, they're, they're really a really strong and talented team on defense. We are the only weak link in this division right now because we can't get our crap together. Defensively, we're, we're, we're pretty solid. We're pretty solid defensively. I mean, we saw it in the game against this this game against Tennessee, five sacks on Tannehill. We had Tannehill rocked. We had Tannehill rocked. It's just it's just the offense couldn't do what they needed to do. My bad, guys. Like I'm still watching Raw, and somebody just came out. And I'm like shocked, but anyway. Um, yeah, but no, too. offense could not do what they needed to do, and that's going to be the 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 pivotal thing for this team. If they want to be successful in this division, that's already showing that everybody's over 500 except us. They got to get the office together. They got to get it together. That's yeah, the bottom line. Unfortunately, I think the season's already over and I hate to say it so early, but I just, we're three games back. I just, we're going to have to leapfrog three teams. It just doesn't seem very plausible, but I will say Travis Kelsey is a beast. He just had a, a great uh, touchdown uh, play uh and it's funny because Patrick Mahomes had a terrible play uh the previous one but you have to have that short memory something that we're struggling with I think a little bit as a commander's team and he was like oh man the the player and I were just completely off base on the previous play doesn't matter let me just go straight to my tight end and make a great play on the next one and touchdown and now it's a three-point game uh when they were down big uh early on in this game and uh yeah, that I think that just sealed my win in fantasy football this week in one of my leagues with that touchdown. Because I have Patrick Mahomes as my starting quarterback. Nice. Give me my That's points. Awesome. So anyway, let's um fast forward a little bit. Short week, so we'll we'll have a short memory of this game a little bit because I don't know if there's a whole lot more that we need to break down. Um, the Bears, which is an interesting team. 
to play against. What is your assessment, Dujanae, on on the Bears um, uh, so far this year? Well, the Bears aren't that good. I mean, they're 32nd in uh, 30, 31st in overall um, total yards per game, total offense, uh, the 274 is their total offense. Uh, they're 32nd in, in total passing um, per game, 116.6. Um, you know, they aren't that good, just like the Tennessee Titans aren't that good. But you got a coaching staff that can't seem to have this team prepared. Um, and as long as that's going to continue and it's on a short week, it's on a prime time, uh, it's a prime time uh, slot. If they win, I'll be surprised. I'm telling you, it's good. It'll be close like it was in this previous game. But I'm I'm calling L's. Yeah, real quickly, uh, Dujanae, a follow-up question. Do you think we stick with Carson Wentz, or do you think we throw a change-up in there and go with one of the other ones, um, you know, early on? And, uh, uh, you know, just to, just to see having a more mobile quarterback, what that would do, um, you know, or at least they seem to move it. I was listening to CP3's postgame yesterday, and he thought that they tend to move the pocket more for like a Taylor Heineke, um, or do you think the, it's still they just keep on going back to Wentz? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, uh, if they decide to do a quarterback change, then Dan should just get up and just have all of them pack their bags and get the hell on out of town. Um, you know, you can you can move the pocket with Carson Wentz. This ain't on Carson. Um, this is this is a organization that thought it was pliable or a smart thing to do to let go and let bodies go out the door like Morgan Moses, Trent Williams, uh, what was his name? Uh, Eric Flowers. Um, you know, y'all thought that was okay. And now you got these group of guys that you can't coach up. And it's not like they're bad players, but you're not coaching them up. This, this is a coaching problem. And as long as, as long as they can't get creative enough to give Carson a, or to do something and give their offense a line the best possible chance to work together and to um, gel as a unit, we're going to continue to have these problems. Because you can move Carson. Carson is not like Tom Brady. You know what I mean? He's not a stationary target. He can move. Uh, they just haven't chosen to do that for whatever those reasons are. So, so the coach claims that he thinks the problem is, is that there's been different player personnel on that line every week and it hasn't been stable. You don't buy that, right? No, because at the end of the day, what are we going to practice for? Hmm? You go to practice to work on things to be fundamentally sound. This stinking team in the last three games that had eight penalties, 85 yards. They had nine on Sunday. That's a lack of discipline. That comes from coaching. Because, see, the way you practice is the way you perform. And it's apparent that with this football team, that the things that happen in practice, they're not being corrected. And they're also not working on things that are going to better help this unit work together. We had, this team has had worse offensive line combinations than this and protected better. So I'm not buying all that movement around 
nonsense. You'll have a few mistakes, but not not the lack of discipline that we see and not the flat out just absolute misses on blocks and assignments. Confusion. Hmm, what does that sound like? Sounds like the defense on the back end. You know, I, I just I can't with the stupidness anymore. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, him coming out here uh, talking about you can't call two plays in the huddle because uh, you don't know. Man, go tell Bill Belichick and all these other great coaches that because that's a load of hogwash. You I know. Call I thought, two plays. Get out of here. I'm, yeah, I'm I thought that was such a fair question by Grant Paulson. I actually thought it, it was, was a really, fair. And I think it was a really smart question by Grant Paulson. Absolutely. And I'm I, happy that he didn't let him off of the thing when he tried to like wiggle it out. Yeah. And then and then he came back with more BS. Yeah, when he was challenged on it, basically challenging Grant as if he knew nothing about football. Grant's yeah. been covering this team for a long time. It was a valid question. Valid. And and teams call multiple calls in the huddle, especially exactly. in situations where you don't have timeouts. Like, I like Grant Paulson. I like Grant Paulson. He's a great follower on Twitter. He's he's a very smart man, that guy. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. We've been I, lucky to, we've been lucky to have him on this program. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just can't buy it. You know, team the team is one one of eleven on third downs on Sunday. One one of eleven. And the you one came I mean? in the fourth quarter. Yeah. One of eleven on third downs. And and and, and defense is playing well enough to be for, through two games, the defense is playing well enough for this team to win the football game. And here we are talking about every week about the offense i'm done talking about these players it comes down to coaching and these coaches aren't doing a good job and I, i'm gonna tell you if something don't happen on thursday night i if thursday th- on thursday night some decision has to be made somebody's got to go it's you in your third year i don't want to hear it at all and no more excuses they this is not a new system it ain't been no new system getting in here you know you're going up to the booth and, and you still couldn't, you couldn't call, you can call yourself out a wet paper bag. That's how trash the calling is. Hey, uh, Matt, Matt Rule just hey, lost his job after three years. <laughs> exactly. And to be quite honest with you, um, with all this passive, you know, passive uh, speak from Ron and trying to be chippy, not explaining um, and acting like it's not a big deal. Um, and want to keep telling us that learning and building, look, man, that learning and building was two years ago. You should be hitting the ground running. There ain't been no changes that offensive coordinator. These folks should know. And this is a very smart quarterback. He's getting the job done, but ain't got no time. And you're not helping him. You know what Carson is. So we're not sitting here acting like we don't know what the heck's going on. And we don't know who this guy is. And feeding us a whole bunch of excuses in the media, bro, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing that nonsense. They need to start taking responsibility and the changes need to start happening. We better see some drastic improvement on Thursday night because if not, I'm going to tell you, somebody got to go. I can't believe he had the audacity to throw the quarterback under the bus today. Yeah. And, you know, after all of what we saw with, with the line and the situation there, I mean, it's, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, Chip, I want to get your thoughts on the bears and then we're going to quickly talk about green Bay. So the Bears currently sit top five in rush offense, even though total offense, they're near the bottom of the barrel, but they can run the football. So that's one thing that that defense is going to have to focus on is stopping the run. 
You stopped the run, just like they, was, they tried to do with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry still did get over 100 yards and did get two touchdowns, which helped my fantasy team, so I'm, sorry, so I'm, I'm bittersweet about that. Um, which is, And they said a stat on, on the broadcast on Sunday. They said that the Tennessee Titans have only lost four times any time Derrick Henry's ran for over 100 yards. Think about that. Four times, and I think it was 23 and four before this game that they've that it, when Derrick Henry runs over 100 yards, they they either that's the record 23 and four. Now they're 24 and four. So out of 28 games, they've only lost four times when Derrick Henry runs over 100 yards. So if you can stop Bears running a game, I think you have them in the bag because Justin Fields is not him. He is not him, and this defensive line can absolutely eat him alive. I mean, they managed to get five on Tannehill, who's not, who's is just, who's kind of mobile, but not as mobile as Justin Fields. But they can eat Justin Fields alive, and as they can do that, the offense needs to do their job and be able to deal with and be be productive on offense. I mean, the Bears off the Bears defense, they they give up three hundred seven, almost three hundred seventy nine yards a game. So they're easily get up that you can easily get after them offensively. I mean, you literally had 385 yards this last game. So that's well over. That's a little bit over how many yards the bears give up on average. So it's not that the defense knows what they got to do. Stop the run and eat up Justin Fields. The offense has to do their job and they have to go out there and produce. If I, I don't know if Doss is going to be in the game because he missed this game with the injury if he's not in the game, Dahani Brown has speed. And what do they say about speed, ladies and gentlemen? Speed kills. And he showed it in his, in his game against Tennessee. Speed kills. And if you can get him in stride, it's over. If you can get more targets to, to McLaurin, it's over. If you can get uh, Samuels on some exotic looks and some, some, some different route, run, route combinations, it's over. You just have to stop doing simple crap and get creative and you'll win if yeah, you I, lose this game it's, it's over it's so frustrating because i just feel like they're too vanilla it's like we can be calling what they're gonna do you know and so the other team can too and i just don't especially in a situation where your offensive line is not working, then you got to have shorter routes. You got to get people behind, you know, the, the blitzing, you know, I, I just don't, I'm not even that much of a football guy. I'm a football guy enough, but like the fact that I can see this stuff, it's like, it really questions me, you know, the offensive coordinator. I mean, what are we really doing here? And it just sucks because the defense was good enough. I mean, in my mind, they stopped Derrick Henry, you know, like, yeah, he got over hundred yards and two two touchdowns, but I thought they did a a fine job. Good enough. You know, what's crazy, Robbie. Here's the crazy part. As I watched this game, because I watched this game from beginning to end. I didn't see not I didn't see a lot of blitzing from Tennessee. It was mostly four or five man rushes and they still managed to get the wins three times on three or four, like four or five man rushes. They, I didn't see no all out blitzes. I didn't see no corner blitzes. I didn't see no exotic blitzes, just simple rushes. And they managed to get to the court, get to Wentz three times. But it's not even so, the three times. It's it's the hurry up. He didn't feel comfortable back there. It's the knockdown balls, right? So even if he only got three sacks, it was they were disrupting a lot more than that, you know. They were, they really were. Yeah. So, Crazy. 
Let's get into Green Bay real quick. Um, Dujane, I know that this is two weeks out, but we're not going to be doing a show next week. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on a, a Green Bay team uh, that has been very up and down? I do want to also mention they'll have a game in between ours as well. Uh, they'll be playing the Jets, who are also kind of surprising team uh, this year. Uh, that will be a Sunday game. So uh, we'll have a little bit of a longer rest going into that next game. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts about playing Green Bay in two weeks? Um, I, I really believe at this point it's much the same. Um, you know, Green Bay is a, a, about a top five, top ten team right about now. Uh, they don't necessarily look like it all the time. Uh, you know, stats can be deceiving. Um, I think they have their own share of struggles. Uh, they don't have their wide receiver core they used to, um, and, and they do have – Solid, you know, some solids at, at the running back position. Uh, it's really just containing them, uh, you know, in the run game and forcing those young wide receivers to make plays, uh, which has been difficult for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the problem is that, again, offensively, Washington cannot uh, move the ball uh, and really have nice sustaining drives where they're really punishing uh, the opposing team's uh, defensive line. Um, with that said, I just, you know, they haven't had much success against Green Bay in the past, uh, you know, and seems like Washington is always a team uh, at some points that are get right. So uh, I really see two losses in the next two weeks. I think that's how I had it in our pick Um But, uh, you know, this team's got to find, find a way uh, to get it done. And it's hard to get it done despite coaching. You know what I mean? Um, then hopefully these coaches will look themselves in the mirror and they'll be able to take advantage of a team that isn't better than them on Thursday night. And I don't really feel like if, you, if you're if you talking about talent-wise and on paper um, and looking at things and you know, what we have seen, at least in the first game, some flashes that we have seen uh, in some of these games, um, I really believe that they are better than the Green Bay Packers. Uh, offensively, and I believe their defense is as well. Um, but it's going to take coaching to look inside themselves uh, and make some adjustments to help their players. That's what coaches do. That's what good coaches do. Um, they tailor their stuff to the to the uh, to the personnel that they have, and it hasn't been done here, um, especially since they've lost a few offensive linemen. Uh, it would be really good for them if they would recognize that, make those changes, oh, and help their quarterback uh, and this this offense as a whole. Oh, my God. Travis Kelsey is just a one-man wrecking crew. He caught it from eight yards out, and he just stiffed-armed and got past three guys as if it was nothing. There's now a flag. I think it may be some taunting going on, but I'm interested to see what the, the, the call is, but uh they're gathering together now but just what an amazing amazing football player he's just a real joy to watch it sort of bubbles out he gets knocked off a thing he's he like circles back around one guy two guys stiff arm and he falls into the end zone um and uh, uh after the play was over personal foul uh yeah so that's gonna be a touchdown and uh yeah personal foul by the raiders 
Yeah. By the way, you did have uh, us beating Chicago Dijonet, but losing to Green Bay. It was interesting. You actually only had us winning three times uh, in the first uh, 10 games, but had us winning out at the very end uh, to get to 10 wins. Uh, so you thought that we would be stronger in the second half, where a lot of people thought we would be stronger in the, in the first half. Uh, do you still think that's a possibility? I mean, what are your thoughts? With the talent as possible, you know what I mean. Um, uh, I just just things based on what we've seen, <laughs> especially in the last two games, um, doesn't you know them going on the road doesn't doesn't look well for for the football team. But at the end of the day, um, that you know they could possibly beat Chicago, and I think they should. I mean, I mean they really should. But can we trust it? And at this point, I can't. But um, I do feel like if they can win against Chicago and they can at least against Green Bay be more respectable on offense, uh, being, you know, trying to do things more and being effective at it, then I can see this team starting to move forward in the second half of the season. Because that's exactly what I thought. I thought they'd have some issues offensively, um, you know, just missing a few plays um, and, and coming up short in a few games, but looking like a complete football team that's building. And then in the second half, you start to really see them click offensively and put things together. Uh, hopefully that can be the case, but right now uh, it doesn't look like it. And it's it, like I said, I will, I will stand on this uh, 100%. Um, this is not on the players. This is 100% coaching, and, and I, 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 I will stand I agree. That. I think the penalties say so much. It's just yes. consistent penalties. It's yep. one thing if it's one guy getting all the penalties or whatever. It's across the board. It's every possible penalty. It's always at the worst possible time. Yep. It's on offense and on defense. It's not in one position group. It's, you know, it, it does smell as if it's coaching, and I, I do wonder – how long this leash really is. It seems like he's got an unlimited rope, but I mean, I don't think he's proven that he deserves it. I know that he had some early success here. And so that gave people some hope, but uh, he's got, it's a, what have you done for me lately kind of league and, you know, coaches have been fired for less. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I want to get uh, champs thoughts real quickly on uh, green Bay. Just as you said, Robbie, like I said earlier, Matt Rule just got fired in his third season of a of a of a seven year contract um, because he wasn't producing. So that being said, this Green Bay game definitely gives me a lot of pause because even though Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> is dealing with a very, very different wide receiving core than he's been with for the last couple of years, the way these DBs have been playing the last couple of weeks they can still go out there and put up big numbers, especially going up against a quarterback, the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. Like Rodgers can exploit anything that he wants to. And if they can get the running game going, I promise you like this team will be, will not hold up very well. Honestly, this, this green Bay game gives me a lot of pause, but if, if Washington can somehow find a way to come out on top of green Bay, I will be, pleasantly surprised but 
I think it starts off with the defense getting home and getting to, to Rodgers because Rodgers is not a mobile quarterback. And at the he's not mobile, so you can if you can get after Rodgers, rattle him a lot with these young wide receivers. I think you could really do something, but it once again falls on the offense. The offense has to also produce as well because Green Bay's defense is not as potent as you would you would want it to be. So I think they're they're for the get, but you have to be able to go out there and make it work. So Green Bay, if they can win in Green Bay, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'll be happy, but I just don't see it. The game is in Washington, I will say that. But the um, I think that this first game against the Bears can be like one of those games that can give them momentum one way or another. I think if you could go to Chicago and get a win, you could come back with a little extra rest against the Green Bay and use that as sort of momentum and a get-yourself-right type of game. And I think that, in my mind, they either win both or they lose both. I, I don't know if I necessarily see them splitting. And if it is splitting, I think they probably beat the Bears and not Green Bay. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if one could give them a little bit of momentum. And you see this in seasons where the teams go on some of these streaks, you know, um, uh, and just a little bit of uh, belief in yourself would be so important for a team because if coach is right in what he's saying that he's just trying to you know instill certain things in this team, they need to have some payoff for it because otherwise he's going to lose the room. And in some ways he probably already has, but the only way to get the room back in your corner, so to speak, would be to have some payoff to show that what they're learning and what they're doing in these practices is actually having uh, some results on the field. And if there isn't, then he's going to completely lose them. So this game has been such an interesting game. Talk about flow. Um, uh, the Raiders did just get the ball back and just made a huge play and bounced it outside, gets it to the 20 yard line. But this game was 17, nothing at one point and Kansas city then rattled 24 to, uh, to three. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's still not over. Oakland is the ball. We'll see how they do with this and uh, this exciting game. Uh, but Dujanay, let people know uh, what's happening on the podcast or anything you're writing uh, in these this week or next week, and then we'll let you go, and then we'll bring Arun in to talk a little basketball. Well, we have a podcast dropping tomorrow at seven in the morning. Uh, we're talking some Commanders football. Uh, we talk about the tool situation and the new. Uh, letter that said absolutely nothing uh, of their alleged findings. Um, and we break that down as well. Also kind of give our thoughts on the Matt Rule release. And that will be dropping tomorrow. So you can get that on all podcasting platforms. Um, and, now you know, share, like, and all that good stuff. That'd be great. Uh, don't have anything written coming out uh, yet, but... Uh, We'll be doing a lot of talking about uh, the NHRA here coming up uh, this weekend. They will be in Texas uh, for the third race of the countdown, or it's the third of the last of the one of the final three, I should say, of the countdown to the championship Uh, should be should be interesting, man. (laughs) It's going to be crazy uh, with all the points and how they're all stacking out right now. Um, So, yep, that's it. Always love talking shop with you guys on uh, Twitter as well. Real, real quickly, two two things before I let you go that I just thought of. One is, what are your thoughts on the new concussion rule that is now being put into play? Oh, God. 
it, it's, I mean, they didn't do anything. But it's, oh, so you used a fancy word, which, okay, I get describes a few other things, but the concussion protocol was to be, to, 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 to be able to look at those type of things. You, that's part of it. If some, some guy's stumbling around uh, and doesn't have good motor skills, uh, it, it's, it's obvious. And I, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this to you guys real quick. Just what they, uh, it's called a taxia. I could be saying that wrong. Uh, that's a new term they're using. Uh, it's supposed to be defined as abnormality of balance and stability motor coordination or dysfunctional speech speech caused by a neurological issue concussion <laughs> so use a fancy word to describe what was already there it's blatantly obvious and friends this changes absolutely nothing but like I said on the podcast we will discuss a lot more what I think about the letter and what they sent uh, to us and you know was put out there for the for the fans to hear um but yeah it's just what they did nothing i mean come on said bridgewater got hit with that crap yesterday <laughs> yeah i mean he did but i mean that's what should have been uh, honest evaluation should have been done but we'll see how long this lasts because at the end of the day as we talked about on your last podcast this is about money at the end of the day and the NFL and the NFLPA are releasing joint statements. Uh, NFLPA is supposed to have the best interest of the players involved. So why are they buddy, buddy, all chummed up with the NFL and protecting, you know, it just looks bad. It's all about protecting the shield. And I don't feel like the NFLPA is truly for the players because it should be separate. You know, um, but yeah, that's that's my feeling on it. It, and, it did absolutely nothing. And one last question, since I know you're a big college football fan, and I did uh, while I was in a haunted um, field, I was listening to something. I was so excited about my Aggies. I thought they were going to get it done against Alabama. What are your thoughts on a quite an interesting finish and a scare for the number one Alabama at the hands of the Aggies? They've had a, a tough season of a lot of close calls and, and not quite making it. If he turns his head just a little bit, the game is over. Touchdown. He just didn't turn his head enough. The guy was open, man. Like, I, it was an amazing game. Um, I really, I really thought the Aggies had a chance towards the end. Um, like I said, they really did. If he just turns his head a little bit, he sees a wide open guy, and they likely score and, and take the win. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I think this is. Um, you know, I, I really not sure how long Young is out for, but. Um, Alabama is can be had is what I should say. Um, and I know there's a team that comes out, you know, every year and, and kind of scares them a little bit, but they've had this happen, you know, two times this year. So, well, and the Aggies beat them last year. The yes. Aggies have <laughs> played them very well over the last decade. I became yes. an Aggie fan because my wife is an Aggie and I even put them into my vows where I said I would take them. Uh, and she would take what at the time was the commanders or the Redskins, you know? Uh, and so I've become a diehard fan. That was part of our deal. And uh, 
I'm just so excited that this rivalry has become, I think, one of the better rivalries in college football. Where like, um, and people kind of overlook it a little bit. I don't think people talk about it, you know, all that much. But it's it as an Aggie fan, it's exciting that every year, you know, they were supposed to be blown out by 24 and a half points, and they almost won it on the last play. It's just so weird that both games this week for me, the Commanders game and the Aggies game. They're like on the two one yard play. line with, with a you know one player the chance to win it and neither team gets it done but like both teams at least made me proud that they were got to a point where they could at least have had an opportunity at least so yeah yeah that was a fun game man uh, it's gonna be an interesting season as we uh, you know continue on in college football. Sounds good. Well, I just wanted to get some of those thoughts out there, but yeah. uh, thank you, uh, Dijanae, as always, yeah. for helping to break down a lot of different stuff. We'll look forward to you in two weeks. It'll probably be a 10 o'clock football start just because I'll have two weeks of hockey to break down and a live game. Uh, so it'll probably be a lot, but uh, we'll uh, we'll have you and Champ on. Uh, we'll do a quick breakdown of both football games in two weeks, but I look forward uh, to having you back on the show then and hope you have a, a great two weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, you, course. DJ. All right, brother. Hey, sorry I missed the uh, the live stream. I was not around. I was actually at a football game. No worries. <laughs> no worries. It was fun. But we'll see you in the next one, bro. Yes, sir. Later, guys. Sounds good. All right. With uh, that, we'll bring Arun in, and we'll switch gears uh, to the NBA. Uh, a interesting night. Um, uh, I obviously have been doing this show, so I haven't had a chance to really watch it, but I am happy to report that the Wizards didn't win the game. Oh, I like it. Different dog, new season. Right? It. There you go. <laughs> um, I'll go through the score real quickly for those who may have missed it. Um, the Wizards went up big in the first quarter, outscored the Hornets 36-23. to 23. In the second quarter, the Hornets stormed back, outscored 35-25. to 25. Uh, And then in the third, uh, the Hornets continued to outscore them 31 to 20, but in the fourth, the Wizards uh, put the hurt on, outscored them 35 to 18. Uh, Portazingas with 20 points led all scores on the Wizards side of it, and they got a 116 to 107 preseason uh, victory. Uh, there'll be one more preseason game upcoming on Friday at New York. This game was at Charlotte. Uh, Arun, welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while since we've had you on. How are you doing tonight? Uh, not bad. Uh, that Washington game was a little bit demoralizing, but I kind of predicted it, so it's not not too sad this Monday. <laughs> yeah. Do you also think we should have run it with one of those four, or do you think that uh, you had to throw it with the no timeouts? Um, they could have run it, and I think they didn't even have – Gibson in that final drive, so I'm not sure they would have even gotten it in if they ran it in, because I don't think Robinson he only had two yards per carry in McKissick. Um, I guess for him, he's only a pass catching back, and that's where they threw the interception to, so it wouldn't have worked out, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right, what are your, some of your thoughts on uh, the uh, NBA preseason uh, for the Washington Wizards? Well, they traveled to Japan. Um, they played a couple preseason games against the Warriors. Um, we're getting to see the Beal and Porzingis pairing. Guess not so much tonight because Beal didn't play because he's out with the COVID protocol. But um, he was just cleared. So, he, like by the way, like earlier this evening. So like, he'll be back soon. I guess you get recover from COVID faster after getting it for the third or fourth time. And 
Um, Porzingis, he's, he's had 20 points tonight. Um, he probably has to be the best player or pretty close to it if the Wizards are going to make the playoffs this year. So, uh, Champ, what are some of your thoughts on uh, the preseason so far for the Wizards? So, we already saw that Rui – we talked about this, uh, uh, Robbie, in a previous podcast, how Rui was able to get do some work while in Japan in front of his home country against the Warriors, the defending champs. But then tonight uh, against Charlotte, we saw Porzingis get 20 points before he had to leave the game with an injury. He injured his ankle uh, stepping on someone's foot driving the lane. Uh, which ended up he ended up making the 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 basket, so he had an and one, uh, but he ended up leaving the game with an injury with twenty points. But it was very good scoring from this Wizards team, uh, with at least you had six players in double figures in this game, and you also saw a Charlotte team that lost Lamelo Ball to an ankle injury himself. So this was a, a really Good performance, even without your star and Bradley Beal playing in this game. Uh, you really got to see a lot out of this. Rui continues to do well. He had 15 on this night. Daniel Gafford continues to bring the energy. He had an emphatic dunk in, in, in one play on this game, which was like you can you hear him yelling because how quiet the crowd got when he made that dunk. He was just like emphatic with it. Uh, Kuzma had 15. Everybody in here, like – People play the team played well. It looks like they're really figuring it out. Hopefully, you know, by the Knicks game on Friday, they really figure out rotations and figure out good groupings in here with this uh, team and be able to come out and just hit the ground running when the season starts next week. But I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this Wizards team when it comes to the regular season. I'm cautiously as optimistic. Yeah, Arun, what are some of your thoughts of what would you like to see going into the uh, next game? Um, I'd like to see Johnny Davis, the rookie they drafted, play a little bit better. He had four points tonight in the summer league is pretty awful. Um, and also, I think somebody's going to have to fill in for Corey Kispert now that he's out um, with the um, – I believe he's out for six weeks. And um, Denny – Denny didn't play tonight. He's going to have to step up. Rui – Hopefully he's healthy and can come back soon. That small forward spot, pretty much up for grabs. Um, Porzingis and Kuzma will probably start at the four and five this season. And if um, Denny and Rui don't step up, then probably Gafford and Porzingis play together. Be, that would be a pretty big lineup. But probably the better long-term health will be for Denny or Rui to start playing well and start hitting some threes. And we'll see. And Bradley Beal, hopefully he can get it going. He only averaged. I believe like 21 or 22 points per game last year, but hopefully averages close to like 30 points per game like he did two seasons ago. And perhaps Porzingis will take the burden off of Bradley Beal and he can play much better, especially from three-point range. Yeah, let's take a look at the uh, upcoming schedule. Uh, since uh, we're, we're not going to have a podcast next week, uh, the season starts on Wednesday, October 19th at Indiana. It's a 7 o'clock game. Then the following Friday, they play Chicago uh, in Washington. That's a 7 o'clock game. And then on Sunday, they play at Cleveland. It's a 7 o'clock game. So it's three um, central teams. Um, and uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on playing Indiana, Chicago, and Cleveland to start the season? Um, Indiana, they got rid of Sabonis. And so um, Washington, 
that's a pretty much a must-win game for Washington. That's definitely the easiest game on the schedule. Um, they, I think Indiana uh, does have some talented players, but overall, I think Washington, if they're healthy, they should take that game. Chicago, I remember that DeMar DeRozan game-winning three that um, the Bulls, um, they hit at the buzzer. Um, that's going to be a tougher game. They're probably without Alonzo Ball, but the Bulls do have Zach Levine and, as I mentioned, DeMar DeRozan. So that, um, I think the Wizards will might lose that game. in Cleveland, they just acquired Donovan Mitchell. Um, he didn't really play that well to close out the season with Utah, but Cleveland is a really good defensive team, and Donovan Mitchell, if he's um, plays close to what he, if he averages like 25 points per game, I think that'll be a really tough game for Washington. Although maybe that since Mitchell was just traded there, maybe it could work out because he could be, there could be cobwebs that they're working on in Cleveland. So that'll be a really good game to watch. Yeah, for sure. I just realized I've not had the right screen up this whole entire time. Hold on. Uh, where are we? Um, sorry, I realize it now. Um, where is it? I need to. Uh, oh, there it is. Anyway, may as well put it up now. Um, anyway, uh, what are your thoughts, champ, on uh, Indiana, Chicago, and Cleveland to start the season? Right. So the Chicago game is kind of a very concerning one because of the presence of DeMar DeRozan, who is a phenomenal player. So that's going to be one that's going to be worrisome, even though it is at home. So, you know, the Wizards will have the home. It, the crowd should be electric because the, it's going to be the home opener for the season. So the crowd should be electric. They should be into it you would think, but we'll see. But, you know, the Pacers game should be very interesting indeed as well. And, of course, uh, the Cleveland game with the the new uh, acquisition that they got, that should be another interesting one as well. I could see the Wizards at least winning two out of three, um, the Pacers and the Cavs. The Bulls one might be one that they might that would be the one they would lose, which would be really heartbreaking to lose your home opener uh, in front of what should be a ruckus and fire up, fired up crowd. But I feel like the Wizards should start off two and one before uh, to start off the season. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I wanted to switch gears for a little bit. Um, I know that you've been uh, watching all the wrestling stuff. I heard that Bray Wyatt had a big, uh, introduction and it was uh, very exciting. I know that there's been hints about it for a while. I just wanted to give Champ a, you a moment to, to talk about that. So for the last several, last few weeks, uh, they've been airing little vignettes called the White Rabbit on uh, on rest, WWE TV as well as at live events playing an old classic song uh, signifying a white rabbit and all the dirt she said is Bray Wyatt is Bray Wyatt is Bray Wyatt so we all figured it was Bray Wyatt but then when he made his return on Saturday night and myself and Sith were live on stream uh, watching it and it still was an amazing amazing return the crowd went absolutely insane there was a holy crap there was a holy you know what chant 
Um, and then as soon as the man walked out and revealed his mask, the pop that he got, like I'm literally getting goosebumps right now, just thinking about the pop that he got when he revealed his mask, when he took off his mask revealed, he was back. Um, he was unceremoniously let go over a year ago, quote unquote, due to quote unquote budget cuts. Uh, even though a lot of people know that he had some disagreements with the previous uh, man in charge of creative Vince McMahon, who was long since retired uh, back in July. So to have him back in WWE and to be able to work with someone like Triple H, who is a wrestler himself, who knows about the business, uh, I think it's going to be an uh, I think it's going to be a great thing moving forward for for Bray Wyatt. Uh, there have been reports that Bray actually had offers from uh, new from Triple A, uh, AEW, and Impact, but nothing came about those. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it was an amazing scene in Philadelphia watching that man make such a triumphal return and just everybody embrace him and just be so happy to see him. It was it was amazing to see. So in this uh, Chiefs game here, uh, the Chiefs are right now up by only one point, and it was a long field goal attempt that missed, but it was a holding call on Vegas that gave them a new set of downs. So a big mistake there. Uh, by Vegas, uh, the Raiders, uh, and now it's second and nine, and they're driving again, and uh, almost got a first down right there. They'll be one yard shy on third down, uh, but they're in the red zone. So a big mistake by the Raiders, because if they miss that field goal um, and they get the ball back, they're only down one point with you know a little over eight minutes left. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, Arun, I, I want to give you the floor. Is there any uh, sport or thing that you wanted to talk about that um, uh, before we let you get out of here? I'm going to talk a little bit of baseball playoffs. I don't know if you've been watching any of the baseball playoffs at all, but um, I was going to mention a couple of those things. But Arun, anything that's been sticking out to you lately? Arun, what was you saying in our group chat? So talk about that. <laughs> oh, talk about um... – yeah, people are talking about all the offensive linemen that left, but what about Bill Callahan? He's he's in Cleveland right now. They're rushing up the storm with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So maybe that offensive line um, missing from Washington as well. And yeah, I forget what else I said in the group. Yeah. <laughs> Any RG3 stuff. Oh yeah, Carson Wentz, he had five carries and uh, Gibson, he only had three. So the top house pretty bad and I think Gibson's already in the doghouse again uh, Rivera says that he's going to be running special teams and yeah I've been watching some of the baseball playoffs uh, Philadelphia uh, they came back against the Cardinals and looks like um, the Mets have been eliminated from the postseason Max Scherzer um, he's out and I believe the top three players on the Mets they make more than the entire Cleveland Guardians lineup so, yeah, hopefully, um, I'm not sure really who I'm rooting for in the playoffs anymore, but it should be interesting. And then on Friday, the Wizards are playing the Knicks in preseason basketball. So it'll be interesting to see any, I wonder what Brian thinks, but that, that'll be interesting for Zingas going back and playing the Knicks. Um, but those are pretty much all the sports thoughts they have right now. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Kansas City just threw another touchdown to Kelsey, his fourth touchdown reception of the game. So that's going to be good for you, champ. Um, he 
what a really interesting play design. Two players kind of curling around at the same time. Uh, and obviously they did not cover it well. Uh, but uh, coming in, they usually say don't throw across your body. Uh, but it worked out well for Mahomes in that situation. And um, yeah, they uh, tried to go for two since they're already up by three and there's not much of a difference um, between four and I guess five. Uh, but uh, uh, they did not make the two-point conversion there. So they take a three-point lead with 725 left uh, in the game. But uh, yeah, some interesting sports. I thought I'd just really quickly uh, go down uh, the um, – the, the baseball Robbie uh, really quickly though I wanted I just want to laugh at the fact that Araldis Chapman got taken off the all pro season roster because he missed the workout <laughs> Yankees are in shambles like yeah. how does man miss a mandatory workout and gets taken off the postseason roster like get out of here dude that is I, pretty crazy to me and I don't I mean I love that like two months in they were like we're gonna win it all and you know it was so much has changed and now they've got to play a tough guardians team who looks a lot better be interesting to see who shows up at those games though because i was talking to some people in cleveland today and they said that they're not being they're a young team and it's not being adopted by the fans so well even though they're winning and so interesting to see if a lot of yankees fans end up buying those tickets or if they are able to uh, sell them to, to the local fans. But let's get into a couple of the playoff matchups real fast. Um, you know, it, it was an interesting uh, weekend uh, with this uh, new kind of format here. Um, the uh, Guardians beat the Rays 2-0 in games. Uh, the Blue Jays had an epic collapse. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny uh, that uh, maybe a little bit of the, the Maple Leafs rubbing off on them. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they lost that game 10 to nine, but they were winning really big. Uh, they ended up getting swept in their series. Uh, the Mets ended up losing to the Padres two to one in that one. And, uh, Scherzer lost, uh, in that last series that could have helped them get a little bit of a better positioning. And then he lost the opener game in that series. And that series was in New York because he's, uh, it's interesting. These wildcard rounds. All three games are in one, are in the hometown of one team. It's not like they go back and forth. So like uh, a lot of upsets though. The Cardinals got swept uh, by the Phillies, which I thought was interesting as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so the uh, the series as they stand, uh, it starts the NLDS and the ALDS start tomorrow, one o'clock on Fox. It's the Phillies at the Braves. Um, and then at 3.37 on TBS, uh, the, the Mariners go to the Astros. At 7.37 on TBS, the, Garden, the Guardians go to the Yankees. And then at 9.37 on FS1, uh, the Padres go to the Dodgers. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have any thoughts of any of those series. I'll start with Arun. Any thoughts on uh, the baseball playoffs? Uh, yeah, I gave, I guess, like the – I'm kind of surprised that the Cardinals kind of choked away against the Phillies, but um, I guess we get to see um, them play the Braves, a division rival, and uh, the Mariners also, they came back with like a huge deficit they had against the Toronto Blue Jays, and they were able to rally back, and they played the Houston Astros, and 
Um, it's interesting that the Astros are actually playing that well, like since that cheating scandal. So I'm not sure how much the cheating, or if they're still actually cheating, but, but I'm wondering, they're, they actually must be like a pretty solid team then. And then the Padres, um, Juan Soto, and um, he's playing um, pretty well when the Dodgers uh, with Trey Turner, so two former nationals um, facing off. And then the Guardians, the lowest payroll versus the Yankees with one of the larger payrolls. And they'll have an even larger payroll probably if they pay Aaron Judge, who will probably get like 50 or $55 million a year or something ridiculous after the 62 home run season. And um, I'm not really sure who's going to win the World Series, but it'll be interesting to watch the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Champ, any thoughts on the baseball playoffs? These are some very interesting matchups, especially like with the Phillies and the Braves. You know, they're in the same uh, division of the NL, of the NL East, so it's all, it's really crazy to see two NL East teams face off in the playoffs. Uh, Mariners Astros should be also very interesting. The Yankees uh, with that turmoil we just talked about. Uh, see how they handle that one. I'll be interested to see what happens with the Padres and the Dodgers, especially with Soto. Uh, I'm, I was still very salty when we traded Soto to, to the Padres, but it looks like Soto might have a chance to maybe win another ring uh, this time with San Diego. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with these series, with these playoff series. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's October baseball, ladies and gentlemen, October baseball. Yeah. And I want to make a correction. The touchdown made them go up by seven. So the question is whether they, the reason that they, went for two there is because one would have been eight and then two would have been nine, I guess. And so that's why they did it. Um, I had the wrong score up before. So, um, so they're up 30 to 23 in, in this game, five twenty-six left. Uh, and uh, uh, Vegas has the ball um, right at midfield. Um, they tried to do a running play and didn't get anything there. Um and uh, I think I'm going to end our Facebook and our audio portion of the podcast, but then uh, we can decide where we're going to raid on the Twitch side after that. Uh, but champ, before we end the audio side of the podcast, let people know what's happening on uh, the no spots podcast this week. So this week on the podcast, we will be recapping uh, this past sun Saturday's uh, extreme rules, pay-per-view premium live event, which like I mentioned before, saw the return of Bray Wyatt, and plus had some really, really good matches as well. We'll also look back on the week, including a big return that took place on Raw this week, plus what's going on with NXT, SmackDown, AEW, and Impact Wrestling as well as Impact taped their, uh, had their next set of tapings this past Saturday and Sunday. Uh, for their next set of shows going leading into their next event. So we got all that coming for you on the No Spots podcast, which you can find streaming live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash true no spots pod Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch the audio on all your audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can check out the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com. Awesome. And I'll let Arun give his final shout out or anything he wants to talk about before we end our audio podcast. Yeah, I saw that I was somehow second in the pick'em pool. I don't even really know how that happened, but I accidentally picked the Raiders tonight. So I'm definitely not going to be first at this rate. Well, as, as you say that, 48-yard touchdown reception. 
pulls them within one with an extra point coming. Um, oh, a, a, a great, a, a great play. Um, Who sort caught of it? Double, double move. Uh, yeah. Who was it? Devontae Adams. Yes, Adams. let's go. That's that's points. That's fantasy points, baby. <laughs> nice. Yeah, a great catch. Um, and he just went over the top. It was double covered too. So an interesting thing. It looks like they're going for two. Is that correct? It looks like it. Yeah, they are. Interesting. Two point attempt. So we're going to hold it here because this is obviously going to be potentially a big play. He has still plenty of time left in this game at 427. I question going for two here this early. Rue, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I guess they really don't think they have a shot in this game like I did even before, but they, they're going for two against uh, the top team in their division. They're trying to get back to two and three. It would be a big play if they can convert it. Wow. His knee hit the ground before the ball broke the plane. So it was very close. It was a running play up the middle. He stumbles. He's oh, he's so close. Oh, man. It's they, might review kind of the, they may have to review this. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hard. Is there any? Oh, I'm so happy right now that Devonta Adams caught that touchdown pass because in another league that I'm in, I oh, was down close. coming into this game. And because of Devonte Adams and Devonte Adams alone, I'm about to win. Wow, and and unlucky for him, unlucky for my opponent, he had uh he had poor Darren Walker who left the game with a hamstring injury. <laughs> oh no, I think they're gonna have to review that because this is very close. Um, because from that other point of view, did you see what I saw, Arun? Where yeah, it, it, it looks like it's overturned, but if just because they made the call on the field, they might not overturn it. But if, if they were just calling it straight in the replay, I think. Well, I think that on the first angle, it looked like his knee hit the ground, but I think he was on top of another player. So, but I, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure it's going to be enough to overturn it. It's going to be uh, exciting uh, either way. Um, but it's a commercial break. I don't know if I'm going to, yeah, try to get us all the way to the other side of this but i'll just say that people should go and uh, turn it on live and uh i will end the audio podcast here but we might stay for a minute live on twitch um and and see what what happens over there so you can join us over on twitch but thank you everyone for tuning in uh, this has been episode 285 of sports on the hill podcast dc sports without the politics so thank everyone for tuning in uh for the audio and the facebook live I'm going to uh, stop that now, but uh, catch us again in two weeks uh, where we're going to have an extra long episode, uh, an hour of hockey talk, a little delayed football talk, and some uh, we'll go over the three basketball games as well. So thank you everyone for tuning into the audio podcast and on Facebook Live, and we'll see you in two weeks.